1: Hey everybody! Happy Friday to you. We've got kind of a blend, a blend episode for you here on Friday afternoon. We're waiting to be joined here by Jonathan DeLong of Cat Scratch Reader, which is another great, great name. Great, oh my gosh! Yeah, NFC South man. They're they're just like yeah, they're on I, it. That is the exact thought I had on my ride home before going on the on the air, John. I was like, dude, God, I. I mean, not that Cincy Jungle is a bad name, but it, it's a good name. We like it. But, I mean, man, those those teams in the NFC South, they know how to rock it. But I am Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And it is John Sheeran flanking me and bringing the knowledge as usual. We're going to be uh, doing some listener questions in the interim while we wait for Jonathan here. So we'll do some listener questions. And then we will also have, uh, hopefully, a preview for you. Getting you prepped for week nine. John, how's your week going, bud?
2: My week's going good, dude. NFC NFC games are always fun for me because when we do articles on the website, we usually take pictures from the last time that the Bengals played the NFC team. Usually it's four years in the past. So I'm looking at uh, the post that you put up on Sensei Jungle. And if you guys have a question, be sure to leave it in the live comments on the Sensei Jungle article on that page. And I'm looking at the picture that you used and just looking at the players who run the Bengals at this time. You have Uzama, Bobby Hart, Alex Redman, Trey Hopkins and Clint Bowling are the only players that I see visible. And it's like, wow, four years is a long time because I mean, wow. (laughs) Well,
1: I mean, this show, we, we had to show some love to Alex Redmond, right? I mean, we always got to, got to show some love to Alex Redman here. Yeah. I mean, you go through, you know, it's funny. We, for those who don't know, um, when we go through the, um, when we go through the pictures and whatnot of, of stories to, to use and stuff, we, uh, you know, we we there's a back catalog and some of them since these two teams just don't play each other very often, not even in the preseason, it's like, man, the 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 pictures you grab for some of the stories and stuff are like, whoa, uh that guy's not in the team anymore. That guy's not in the team anymore. It's it's kind of crazy. But we're gonna we're gonna get some questions here going. You can get in touch with us nine four nine five four two six two four one call or text. You can email the OB insider at uh gmail.com and you can leave your uh your your questions for us on the live youtube chat the live facebook stream that's going and or on twitter so get those to us the super chats through youtube get precedence overall because those are helping out the pollock family foundation in case you hadn't heard give send go.com slash pollock family foundation is the website that we have worked to create uh, with them. We're we're aiding them and um, doing a lot of great community work. So your super chats will continue to go to them. Pretty cool, pretty cool thing there. Um, also, really cool news, John. It was the what was it? The Hayden Hurst Salute to Service, right? He's he's kind of the representative of the Bengals who was nominated. So kudos on him.
2: Yeah, he does a lot of work with uh, promoting and spreading awareness for mental health as he has gone through his own mental health journey. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way for him to kind of spotlight the work that he's been doing there and just a great week for the NFL in general.
1: It is, it is. Uh, And while that is a good thing going on with the Bengals and the NFL, the thing that is not going well, John, and this is, I guess where we can start Jeremiah Woolsey saying injuries are stacking up. I hope we don't get uh, any more of our depth uh, on the, on the D line is thin. So, Obviously, the news today, um, we can kind of talk about this. Uh, more of a comment than a question, but we can still talk about it here. The Bengals, um, uh, you know, we, we talked Wednesday night, and we were like, hey, Mike Hilton should be fine. It's a finger, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, not so much the case. He is going to be out now on Sunday, and it looks like Eli Apple is coming back. So your starting corners now are Cam Taylor-Britt. Eli Apple. Then you will have Jalen Davis playing slot corner. And um, from there, then we also will have, um, you know, Dax Hill getting in the mix there. So that is uh, a little bit of a precarious situation here as we head into this one. Um, and, And... I don't know man uh, a lot of unfamiliar faces and we're going to talk to Jonathan in just a minute about that a lot of unfamiliar faces on both sides of the sidelines this week
2: yeah you would think that this would be the ideal week to have both your first and second round picks starting at the same time you have Dax Hill as a slot cornerback for the for the most part in his time at Michigan but he will continue to be one of the first defensive backs off the bench And this one Jalen Davis has a couple of years of experience on him they might trust him to just manage the starting role better, but I can't imagine that that leash is particularly long. If Davis doesn't perform up to standard, Uh, Hill has the ability to fill in at multiple spots. So his depth in that regard is still very valuable, but yeah, Taylor Britt will be starting opposite side of Eli Apple, who he took that starting job technically against the Falcons. And then I don't even know if that would have been the case against the Browns had Apple had been healthy, but whatever the case may be, Eli Apple had his reps kind of diminished in the past couple of weeks, got injured. Now he's back on the field because, you know, he has to be like Chidobe Wouzier is out until the next summer. So you have a lot of depth issues at cornerback. Like, I mean, defensive tackle, obviously, DJ Reader and Josh Tupo, they're still out. They might not come back until after the bye. So you still have a platoon of guys like J2 Fele and maybe Dominique Davis gets upped from the practice squad once again to provide depth at nose tackle. So, yeah, a lot, lot of bodies being used on defense right now.
1: A lot of bodies being used. So get uh, get your questions collected here, John. We did get a call during the interview there to kind of continue a little bit of listener questions here. And I think we've got John from Kentucky. John, are you are you still on the line? You hung on for a while, my friend. How are you? Oh,
3: well, I'm doing great. great to talk.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. Um, what's 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 on your mind?
3: Well, I am confident that the Bengals will win Sunday. But it's not the end of the world if we lose. It won't be a shock if we lose. You know, I was just looking at the Browns schedule. And a lot of teams have put up close to 30 points on the Browns. And the Cincinnati Bengals, we put up, what was it, 16 points? Thir- and it was 13. a to of that in garbage time? 13. Anthony, what is wrong? I, did this team... And let's see, I know I'm getting old. Uh, we did go to a
1: Super Bowl last year,
3: wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm not seeing Alana. Is that no, right?
1: You are, you are. you are correct. That is, uh, that is and definitely we, what happened. And, John, it was, believe it or not, in the calendar year, this calendar year of 2022. It was this very year that they went to the Super Bowl. Right,
3: right, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Burrow was brought here to score points and from what I saw against the Browns, you might as well have kept Dalton. Now I'm not being foolish. I'm not saying we should have kept Dalton and not signed Joe. I got that. But point is, I don't see Dalton much worse uh, than what happened. And I just don't know what's going on with the Bengals. Now, nobody in the division's lighting it up though. I mean, but the Browns are like, they were two and five. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's two and six. We've lost to both of these teams. It's just hard to believe, man. Um, well, look, I don't want to be too pessimistic. We, I do think we can win on Sunday, and uh, looking forward to the bye, I definitely want to be at the Browns game in Cincinnati. That's uh, on December the 11th, mm-hmm. because it's getting to where the Browns just have our number, and that's ridiculous. When Marvin Lewis was here, the Browns did not have his number. He knew how to beat the Browns, and something's got to change here. The Browns are not all that. Like I just said, they're a two and five football team. Well, they're three and five now. So you know, we've gotta we gotta get this together. So what do you think? Uh,
1: well, we talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night. Um, John Sheeran right. and I did, and John, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've just continued to be baffled at it just how the. Um, I don't know how you want to call it, but just how the timing of these games continue to fall on the Bengals schedule. And what I mean by that is every time in the Zach Taylor era, it seems like every single time that these two teams clash, the Browns backs are absolutely against the wall and they got to have a win and they play with passion. They play with fire. Hell the one time Zach beat them. That was a whole deal. I, I think it was in his, at the end of his first season, where the Bengals weren't winning any games, and everybody was like, "Oh God, we got to get this head coach out of here," and blah blah blah. He's got to win this game, and that was a win that a lot of people felt like. Well, hey, we know how much the Browns games mean to the Brown family uh, in terms of Bengals beating them, and that maybe was one where they said, "Okay, hey, we're gonna we're gonna ride this out." Thankfully, they did based on results last year, but um John Sheeran I'd love to get your thoughts to to John from Kentucky as well on this but part of the reason is number one it just seems like a just a poor matchup for the Bengals we talked about that but it just seems like the emotion whether it's Baker channeling all this hatred that he he had coming in his way being the quarterback of the Browns or this week losers of four straight two and five and to kick off that contest Joe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman Brown's got to win this game. Browns got to win this game. Browns got to win this game. And they, they played like it. And the Bengals really did not. So now John Sheeran, they're 0-3 in the division. And the Browns keep giving them fits.
2: The Browns, at least ever since Baker Mayfield was drafted there, have not had a bad quarterback performance against the Bengals. Jacoby <laughs> Brissett had a passer rating of 134. He was the NFL's worst passer under pressure entering this week over the last four weeks. The Bengals had one goal to get in Brissett's face. And they couldn't do it. Even with a pretty healthy defensive lineup, albeit DJ Reader's absence is noted, but he's not really known for his pass rushing prowess. They couldn't get in Brissett's face, and they couldn't, pre- they couldn't pressure the quarterback, and it allowed Brissett to do whatever he wanted. And that's been the, cent- the central theme in the Browns' dominance over the Bengals. They- their quarterbacks just light it up. And they just had these completely perfect, picture-perfect, efficient performances, regardless of the Bengals' offense. Like, the Bengals' offense has had success against the Browns' defense, even in the Joe Burr era, and didn't matter because Baker Mayfield at the time was lighting them up. And Brissett, nothing was different. The scheme was exactly the same, and the results were exactly the same. And on defense, the Browns have, in my opinion, the best edge rusher in the entire NFL. And even, you say what you want about Jonah Williams and his incompetencies and maybe his you know, physical limitations, Miles Garrett's Miles Garrett. He's an alien. He's going to get wins, and he can single-handedly take over games. That's what he did.
1: That's that's what he did, and then of course as they got the lead, which is what you didn't want, as they got the lead they built upon it with carries to Chubb, manageable, and then play action, utilizing that whole game plan as they have done masterfully against the Bengals, so at some point, you know I, I know there's no chase, there's no reader, there's not not a lot of other players there. The Bengals got to step up and, and and get you know get some more wins consistently against this Browns team. John, thanks for hanging on man. Uh, I, I know you we kept you waiting while we were talking with Jonathan, but uh, good to hear from you as always and uh, I yeah. trust everything is going well otherwise.
3: Hey it's a pleasure no no thanks just thanks a lot and uh, just want to give us a big who day for Sunday. I do think we can beat the Panthers. Let's just, you know, make sure we win that game. We'll take the bye and see, you know, uh, where we stand. But like I said, that that game coming up in December, I think the new rivalry now in in the division for us is definitely against the Browns. It was Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh's not what they were. But the Browns—that's a whole different ball game. So we might see some real fireworks in the game in Cincinnati in December. I'm I'm excited for that game. But yeah, but you guys, thanks for taking my call. A new day. All
1: right, take care. Thanks, John. Um, the the interesting thing with that john is that you know um, he kind of brings up an interesting point because the battle of ohio for so long with marvin lewis even carson palmer and andy dalton largely dominating that series for some time now that scale is kind of tipping back so maybe there's just a little bit more to that rivalry than than before i, I don't know if you agree with his sentiment on that
2: oh i've always thought that the browns were the biggest rival for the bengals just in terms of career achievements neither franchises won a Super Bowl, only one of them has actually been to a Super Bowl. If you look at just overall winning percentage in the Bengals' existence, it's definitely a lot closer than it is to, I guess, the old Browns, which would be the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Steelers and Ravens, they respect each other more than they do compared to the Bengals or the Browns just because of their recent accomplishments. And obviously, the whole story of how the Bengals existed and were birthed from just our Modell and the Browns situation with Paul Brown. So I've always felt like that was the true rivalry that the Bengals had. And it usually is competitive, even if the Bengals were pretty one-sided favored to them for a certain portion of time. And right now, it's all in the Bengals right now, or it's on the Browns, excuse me.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is
2: I did want to answer this question from Matthew Steinmetz in Facebook, and he was asking, with Chidobe Awuzie and Mike Hilton both out going forward, with the corners not being very good, do you think they could take Jermaine Pratt off the field and play three safety sets with Von Bell, Jesse Bates, and Daxil? And I'm going to say no for this week because until you have DJ Reader back at nose tackle and have a guy that can just occupy two gaps there, Your run defense kind of needs all hands on deck, and it needs as as much focus in the box as possible, and the unfortunate reality with Dax Hill right now is that he's not good against the run. He was not good against the run against the Browns. That's been where he's had the most snaps so far this year. The game is just going a little bit too fast for him when he's up close to the box. I think until you have that elite nose tackle there, it's really hard to run whatever personnel that would be with three safeties back there to be really light in the box beyond your defensive line against a pretty decent offensive line. I don't think it's necessarily the right way to go unless it's obvious passing situations, and therefore you can get Dax Hill a little bit more involved.
1: Yeah, you know, Hill, Hill has had some ups and downs. I mean, he looked like a stud in the preseason, has had some ups and downs and limited snaps this year so far, but um, Pratt Pratt continues to still provide some, some nice – Uh, plays in this defense so you know I don't know that you especially you know against the run and he's a pretty sound tackler I don't know that you want to take him off the field now this week just provides a new set of problems like you said John because this week is you know the injuries are just piling up so the Bengals are going to need to get some some form of creativity there and I think we're all confident that Lou Anarumo can kind of do that but they're going to need to have some form of creativity there with uh all the all the attrition on that side of the ball so um i I don't i know i'm not a big fan of taking pratt off the field a lot but you know you do have some others out there that you can kind of mix in akeem davis gaither marcus bailey that some of those guys that can do a couple of different things on, on spot snaps if you need them to so uh and again you know i I thought this this is what's interesting about this question. I thought we would see a lot more, and this was I thought this was kind of the original design, potentially with the with the Dax Hill draft uh, draft pick, which is have Bates and Bell out there playing kind of deep, and Bell you can bring up to in the box a little bit or do do a couple different things with him, and then Hill was going to be that Ricardo Allen guy that that's kind of kind of roam the field a little bit and. Uh, maybe play a little inside corner and whatnot. Uh, Now between injuries and all kinds of different things, that has not been the case. So they just haven't done a lot of the three safety sets with those three guys out there uh, all that often.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, big dime was the the word that was looking for there. You have three safeties, three cornerbacks and a linebacker. Obviously it does make you vulnerable to, you know, things over the middle and inside runs and whatnot, but you want to utilize Dax Hill in ways that he's comfortable with at this point. And I think, with what Lou and Anarumo was kind of alluding to this week, like they're, they're not trying to like put too much on his plate right now because they're just trying to get him ready for when he eventually takes over as a starter for either Von Bell or Jesse Bates next year, most, most likely it would be Jesse Bates in that case. So, you know, it, it's giving him exposure, but the right kinds of exposure where he's not doing a lot of things where he's not going to be expected to do so in the near future. So it, I think you have to be smart with what you put on Dax Hill's plate and luckily, they haven't suffered a lot of injuries at safety, so that opportunity for him in that role has not yet gone up there. And I think the fact that they're starting Jalen Davis over Hill this week tells you that maybe they're not quite ready to you know, implement Dax Hill in, in other various ways aside from just plain safety.
1: Well, our phone's been blowing up both in calls and texts here, and you got it. we're only going to be here a couple more minutes, so if you want to call or text 949-542-6241. Uh, if you want to email the ob insider at gmail.com we'll be looking at that live um live chats uh you gotta you got to get those in there um, we'll only be here a couple more minutes but we've got our buddy Terrell, i believe on the line john Terrell, what's going on how you guys going we're doing good man good to hear from you been a little while
4: oh uh, yeah yeah uh, i I, 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 uh, I just think man it is feeling real good at Cincinnati right now, man. My, my fault, though, Andy, man. But, um, uh, I gotta say, I think we fine. I think we, I think we are. Right, we fine. I think we a wild card, uh, potentially still, uh, win as you were. Know. Um, got a couple of hiccups with the rookies in the defense. Um, the future bright with the with the best, they get stronger and bigger. That's all. They, they still young guys, even the line. And, um, I, I'm, I'm i I just my, my main two questions to y'all is uh, I know I know uh Burrow the uh basically about to be the new Brady, the new you know what I mean, the new Aaron Rodgers, whatever, but I i in or, or the highway, um, man, we gotta do that affirmation of power oh, or something. I mean, something, I mean, we gotta switch it up or something. I mean, I know we wanna spread that out and all that and and, and Zach, he been getting kinda uh, just not really full of himself, but he thinks he thinks this because he went to the Super Bowl. He thinks he was shit, but he didn't go back to his own ways and just just being more humble and, and um figuring the stuff out. Because he 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 he's real good at figuring the stuff out, but I don't know what's going on. And I'm sorry, man, Joe Mixon, he don't got it no more. I, I think he's weak. Uh, we need some. We need some. We need a third down back. We need some juice. And we need some. We need to back up us uh, on um, that. And Every series, and I just uh, just give it. And you know, I mean, like I said, good seeing uh, y'all I always out uh, Y'all always watching Y'all man. Y'all, I y'all, y'all that. best
1: man. I appreciate that. Y'all, I gotta say
4: you no. Know, we, we we gonna be alright. But that's what that's what I think though.
1: All right. Well, we'll we'll answer them off the I appreciate you calling in. Good to hear from you, man. And I appreciate the compliments. Uh, no problem. Have a good one. Take care, man. Uh. Well, so there's there's two things that really stuck out there. Obviously, the run game thing is one, but the other thing he said, John, and I, I'm not so sure that it is a realistic route for the Bengals this year, it's the wild card route. Uh, based on an and 3 record, based on this log jam of teams right now in that 500-ish category, I, I just, you know, it could happen. But, you know, you've got the Patriots doing the same thing, right? They're kind of hovering around 500. Might they be in it towards the end there? Don't know. you got the Dolphins and the Bills also in that division that are, you know, playing some some pretty good football. And then in, in the Bengals division, you got the, the Ravens and the Bengals. Uh, Bengals are doing a little bit of this. Ravens doing the same, but not as much, I guess. Um, and then, you know, you've got the Steelers and the Browns still kind of collecting the, the occasional win here and there. But the Bengals are 0-3 in the division. I still think it's got to be AFC North, kind of kind of similar to what it was last year. I don't know that wild card is going to be a super realistic option for this team this year.
2: It helps if there's three spots. It, it might just take a 9-8 and eight record, which yeah. I don't want to say is the best case scenario, but I feel like most, most Bengals fans should probably take that at this point, considering everything that's happened. Again, we have no idea when Jamar Chase is going to be 100%. We have a good idea when he's going to be back. I don't think... It's likely that any team, regardless of your quarterback, regardless of the strength of the rest of the roster, makes a deep postseason run with a cornerback group that looks like this right now. So, once you get into the playoffs, you know everything's up for grabs, and you know it's just a one week at a time. But yeah, I, I I'm not totally ruling out the wild card route just because the overall depth of the AFC seems to not be as strong. As it used to be, but like you said, a lot of teams are going through the motions, and it's just been a, a weird year. It's all about you know how you finish, and unfortunately for the Bengals, to your point, they seem to be having, or they seem to have a much tougher schedule compared to the other teams that they're going to be keep competing with with those final spots. And having a good record against other AFC teams helps, and having three losses in the division is not good for that specific tiebreaker. But yes, the Ravens are definitely their biggest threat right now. Obviously, you know the Browns could still being it. it helps that they won that game but you know being neck and neck with the Ravens here is should be their main goal and that's probably was their goal going into the season
1: the other part before we get to one other text and then maybe one or two other questions and we'll get out of here but um the other thing that he brought up of course was uh the run game, Joe Mixon, etc., finding a back that has some quote-unquote juice as he put it um Again, you know, there's Chris Evans sitting there on the sideline, and quote, he has his role with the team, uh, is what Zach Taylor said to the media this week. I don't know, man. Um, I, you saw some nice things out of RPO, the RPO changes uh, over a couple of weeks, but man, you know, when you when you lose and you don't run the ball often, obviously these questions tend to spike up. So yes, um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I agree that Mixon has quote unquote lost it. Um, He has had a number of touches and whatnot in his, in his career, but, you know, he's still not an overly old by, uh, you know, an age standard um, running back in the NFL. But I do think the Bengals need to figure out something, whether it's plays that are more conducive to him getting positive yardage. We know that he has, he's having trouble breaking that first contact this year. Um, But yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, They got to figure out something to bring some semblance of balance, I think. Um, especially with the injuries to chase, et cetera.
2: So is the plan just to do a 360 now? Like when they started with the worst run game in the NFL, when they were under center with wide zone, and then they made the appropriate changes to go into shotgun to make it more seamlessly, you know, it it worked more cohesively with the passing game to they have one bad week where they barely ran the ball and now it's put Burrow back under center what, to, to to benefit a running back who needs perfect blocking because he can't do anything on himself. Damian Pierce, Damian freaking Pierce looks 15 times the back that Joe Mixon is now. They're not doing anything special with Damian Pierce. He's just doing stuff, right? They've, they've done enough To help out Mixon, I feel like he just has to take it. He just has to make the most of what he has to work with now because they're paying him a ton. They've they've given him new blockers. They've adjusted the scheme to better the, the blocking in front of him. They had one bad week. I don't think Mixon is completely cooked because again, he was efficient for two or three weeks under that new scheme that they're running, which by the way has nothing to do or is completely different than what Frank Pollock is usually has been known for in the NFL. So he's had to adapt because of the personnel that's been brought in, because it works better with that scheme. I don't think going back in the 360 to now the I formation um, makes a lot of sense. I think they need to stick with what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, Good segue for a a quick text. I don't want to go too long on this because we talked about it the other night, but uh, Dan from Tennessee is Frank Pollock, the right coach for this offensive line. Uh, And, you know, with over seventy sacks last year, and with the rebuilt offensive line this year, and the protection seems no better, and the running game has regressed, which he is responsible for blocking schemes. Thanks, Hude. Uh, I, I think you know we can agree that the interior of this offensive line is is improved um, from uh, uh, the past couple of years. You know, I think Quentin Spain had some really nice moments and games for this team over the past uh, the, the last two years, but still overall you know there were some ups and downs there but you know overall the center position has been studied um you know hopkins had a nice year a couple years ago but uh, after that injury just wasn't the same and then you know you had uh you know karras and and kappa and, and those you know kind of coming in and volson's had some rookie lumps but i think the interior of the line has played a lot better than it has but you know Right now, still, the sack numbers are up there at five last week. We know Burrow runs into a lot of them, but it also is the protection of Mixon and running backs in there as well. Uh, P. Ryan, I think, has a really good pass-blocking grade. Mixon does not.
2: In the past five weeks, five games, here are the pass-blocking grades for the five starting offensive linemen in this order. Alex Kappa, 78.5. Ted Karras, 62.7. Jonah Williams, 64.1. Lyle Collins, 63.4. Cordo Volson, 62.7. If you were going to tell me with a straight face that this offensive line is no better than it was last year because you're looking at one statistic, one statistic has falls more on the quarterback than the overall competency of the offensive line, I, I have nothing for you. This offensive line is so much better than it was last year just because of how bad last year's offensive line was. I... And this, honestly, it feels kind of like bad faith, man, because there were uh, so many people wanted to trade a first round pick for Lel Collins. The Bengals managed that situation perfectly. Lel Collins has had a not so good season because he's been injured. You know why? Because he's been injured for the past two years, which is why they baked so many per game roster bonuses in his contract for this exact situation. But he's playing through all those injuries. His play has not been up to standard that we know Lel Collins is. And now people are like, why do they go out for Collins? Because you wanted it. Because he's yeah. a good player when he's healthy. Right. Like, like, this <laughs> seems like bad faith. It just, that, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: I, yeah. I mean, the, the offensive line is is performing better. There's just – there's, again, kind of like characteristic of the entire team. A lot of swings of um, – a lot of swings of inconsistency and, and whatnot. But um, so – Uh, you know, I, and Pollock being right for the job. I mean, he's had to adjust like you said as well. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of where we're at with things there. And then Mr. Whisper, we we talked a little bit about this earlier in terms of what the Bengals will do in the secondary, you know, more safety help, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't know if you have additional thoughts. Thank you for the super chat there, Mr. Whisper, but we can close with this one. We talked a little bit about this on another question earlier.
2: Yeah, I think, The logical thing is just to not go as man-heavy as you usually did with Ouzia because you could trust him kind of on an island in those man-to-man situations. I don't think that really benefits either Eli Apple or Jalen Davis in this this particular case. I I mean, I'm interested to see, you know, what roles and responsibilities and what coverages they deploy with both Taylor Britt and Apple on the field at the same time. I think a lot of people are going to look towards, oh, this is where Jesse Bates' value kind of comes into play, but his job is now... Harder with without those cornerbacks kind of, you know, on their own a little bit. So, yeah, I would expect more, you know, zone coverage just in general because you can't necessarily trust your cornerbacks in, in man-to-man situations. Luckily this week, you know, I think Terrace Marshall's is pretty good, but he hasn't really been involved in the offense this much or that much this season. LaVisca Chenault is their slot receiver. He was traded from the Jaguars to them, and he's, you know, been here and there. But, yeah, like Jonathan told us earlier it's mainly just been the DJ Moore show ever since Christian McCaffrey Jetson for the 49ers so there's gonna be a lot of attention on him I'm sure they're gonna you know keep Bates or Bell over top of him and help out whichever cornerback is on that side I don't expect either Apple or Taylor Britt to travel necessarily I think they're gonna be on those same sides but yeah they, they can't necessarily run as much man at least with um, one of the cornerbacks because of Ouzier's uh, absence for now
1: yeah well thank you again mr whisper and thank you to those who uh submitted questions for this somewhat abbreviated listener questions live but it was for good reason we had jonathan DeLong from cats yeah. scratch reader doing a little bit of both john i thank you for your time your insight as always and um hopefully the bangles get back to that winning formula uh, i think tackling is going to be just a really big key this week you can't you can't with the guys out, you, you know, it, Panthers will make some plays here and there, but they can't miss tackles and let drives extend and let let them can have continued life. I think that's going to be another big key. But we'll see what happens. The Bengals need to win one at home for sure. John, have a good rest of your weekend, man. Uh, we'll we'll catch up. We'll catch up. It's gonna
2: be a long bye week if this is an L. So, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, let's not even go there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> take care, everybody.
0: strengthen security posture, and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot.